Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Rapnolis. I'd always liked sword and sorcery style movies and literature. When I started playing Dungeons and Dragons, though, a need for that material grew, as I wanted something that would complement my obsession with gaming. There were a couple of animated Rankin-Bass specials, there were movies like Dragon Slayer, but if I were to turn on the television, unless it was a movie, there was very little options for me as a sword and sorcery fan. This all changed in 1983. I didn't see Wizards and Warriors coming. It replaced a series that I had been watching up till that point called Bring Em Back Alive, which I really need to cover on another episode of the show. I'm enjoying Bring Em Back Alive. Unbeknownst to me, it becomes cancelled and it is replaced. I'm kind of sad at first because I was really enjoying Bring Em Back Alive. Then this show called Wizards and Warriors, which was a fantasy comedy set in this fantasy medieval kingdom, premieres, and I love it. It's silly, it's got dark, offbeat comedy elements, I can't get enough of it. I don't know if I liked it more than Bring Him Back Alive, but I surely liked it as much, and I thought, well, this is great, I might have lost this other show that I liked, but I picked up this whole other show that ties into other interests that I have, like Dungeons and Dragons. I gotta tell all my friends to watch it. Obviously, the two friends that I had weren't enough to save the show, since it didn't last very long. But lucky for me, one of my friends who started watching it also owned a VCR and started taping it. And we would grind those videotapes watching and re-watching the show again and again for maybe two years. Usually when we would go to the video store and couldn't find some obscure video set in this time period to watch or to inspire us pre-gaming session. I think a show like Wizards and Warriors, even today, probably wouldn't last very long, but the fact that CBS was willing to take a chance on a show that was very strange and very out there compared to what else was on seems really bold and experimental, and I wish that they could have followed through. They couldn't, but we did get about a half of a normal season made, and those episodes are watchable in different forms. Today we'll talk a little bit about that later. And so today I'd like to talk to you about Wizards and Warriors. We'll talk about the people in front of and behind the camera. We'll talk a little bit about the plot. We'll talk about the music in the show and who made it, and we'll throw in a few surprises here and there. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show. Wizards and Warriors was a CBS comedy, I guess is the right word for it. 
that premiered in 1983. It was a one-hour show. It starred Jeff Conaway, Walter Olkowitz, Julia Duffy, Duncan Regar, and Clive Reville. Sadly, only eight episodes were made of this great show, which was produced by Don Rio. Don Rio was a writer, worked on shows like The Golden Girls, Rhoda, MASH, and Everybody Hates Chris. He was also a producer, and in addition to producing these shows, he also wrote for some of them. Shows like Blossom and The John Larroquette Show. Most recently, he has been a consulting producer on the CBS series Two and a Half Men. So I guess he's doing pretty well. Behind the camera, you had a lot of great directors. Of the eight episodes, three of them were directed by one person, Bill Bixby, who would also go on to work with Don Rio on other shows, especially Blossom. Bill Bixby, if you didn't know, played David Banner on the 1970s version of The Incredible Hulk, probably best known for his work on The Incredible Hulk to modern audiences, although he was on the TV show My Favorite Martian and the great short-lived show The Magician. What is this show about? It is about the legendary kingdom of Camarand, which is ruled by King Baldorf and Queen Latinia. And they have a daughter, Ariel, who's engaged to Eric Greystone. Next door to Camarand is a neighboring kingdom ruled by Prince Dirk Blackpool. And Prince Eric and his faithful servant, strongman Marco, have to constantly go up against Prince Greystone. The show uses a variety of fantasy elements throughout, all of it done tongue-in-cheek and heavily satirizing the sword and sorcery genre. A fun little tidbit, if you watch the show, they cut to these sort of cool battle scenes, and a lot of that is stock footage from Warner Brothers' film Excalibur, which came out in 1981. Warner Brothers was also the producer of this show. The cast of the show... Prince Eric, who's probably the most important character on the show, was played by Jeff Conaway. Jeff Conaway was born in 1950, passed away in 2011. If you love musicals, you'll probably remember him as Kanicki in Greece. He was also on the TV show Taxi and Babylon 5. Later on in life, he had substance abuse problems, and that's where a lot of people remember him now from being on all sorts of sort of celebrity rehab stuff. While he might play Kanicki in the movie of Greece, Jeff Conaway played Danny Zuko, the lead in the Broadway production of Greece. Walter Olkowicz played Marco, his sidekick, born in 1948 in Bayonne, New Jersey. His character actor has been in a lot of things. Besides Wizards and Warriors, he was in Making the Grade, where he played Coach Wordman, and had some great parts on TV shows like Seinfeld, ER, Dolly, and Twin Peaks. Duncan Rager played Prince Dirk Blackpool. Rager, born in 1952, is a Canadian writer, artist, actor. I remember him because he's had several roles in different versions of Star Trek. Spoiled Princess Ariel was played by Julia Duffy. Duffy was born in 1951, American actress from Minnesota. Tends to play spoiled and rich in all the roles she gets. After her work on Wizards and Warriors, she would get a role on Newhart, playing the maid of Bob Newhart's inn, Stephanie Vanderkellen. She had actually been up for the role of Diane Chambers on Cheers, which is a role she lost to Shelley Long. After Newhart, she would join the cast of Designing Women, replacing Delta Burke. She was only on the show for one season, but for some reason during the last season, she wasn't asked back. Clive Reville played the evil wizard Vector. Clive has an immense resume, has been in so many great things that I like. Magnum P.I., The Love Boat, Heart to Heart, Star Trek The Next Generation, Babylon 5. He did the voice of Alfred Pennyworth in the first three episodes of Batman the Animated Series. 
He's also the original voice for Emperor Palpatine in the original version of Empire Strikes Back. Although they would edit it out, he would still get credit. He also was in the movie The Legend of Hell House, where he played sort of, I guess, the secondary lead role. Tremendous talent and a great voice. Ian Wolfe played Wizard Traquil. Wolf is cool because the man worked for decades in Hollywood, appearing in two episodes of the original Star Trek, All Our Yesterdays, and Bread and Circuses, and dozens of other shows. If you're a George Lucas film fan, you might remember him for his role in THX 1138. To give you an idea of how long he was working, he served in World War I. Thomas Hill played King Baldorf, American actor, passed away in 2009. He also worked on the TV show Newhart and the miniseries V the Final Battle, and he would make appearances on other great TV shows from that time period, including Married with Children, The Facts of Life, and Coach. Jeffrey Blackpool was played by Tim Dunnigan. Timothy Dunnigan was born in 1955, probably best known for playing the lead role of Captain Jonathan Power in Captain Power and the Soldiers of Fortune. If you listen to my A-Team show that I did quite a while ago now, he also played Face Man in the pilot for the A-Team. Queen Latinia was played by Julie Payne. After Wizards and Warriors went down, Latinia would land a role on the short-lived Duck Factory with Jim Carrey, and that didn't last very long, and then would land a role on the TV show Leo and Liz, which was created by Steve Martin, and that didn't last long. So she kept landing work, but none of it would work out. She started doing a lot of voice work and did stuff on the Tracy Ullman show and on Garfield. Most recently, she has had a recurring role on the long-running HBO show Curb Your Enthusiasm. Randy Brooks played Witch Bethel. I didn't know a lot about Brooks, but had actually seen her when I saw Master Ninja 2 being covered on Mystery Science Theater 3000. In addition to Wizards and Warriors and Master Ninja 2, she made appearances on 38 other TV shows, including Who's the Boss, Designing Women, and Knight Rider. Now with a little bit more about one of these very talented people is Vic Sage with Why Should I Know This Person? Hi friends! Vic Sage here with Why Should I Know This Person? And this time we are going to be taking a look at Wizards and Warriors co-star Duncan Regeer. Duncan Peter Regeer was born on October 5, 1952 in Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada. Duncan in his youth garnered some very impressive accomplishments. He was a champion figure skater, an Olympic boxing and fencing contender, a well-received and internationally exhibited artist, and was a classically trained Shakespearean actor. In 1980, at age 28, Duncan moved to Hollywood to expand his film career. At this point, he was most known for his 26-episode run in the Canadian TV series Matt and Jenny, where he played Kit, the TV movie The Donnellys of Bidulph, and as the voice of Amalthor in the Nelvanimation TV special A Cosmic Christmas. Once in Hollywood, he earned roles in The Greatest American Hero, the TV movie Goliath the Waits, where he co-starred with Christopher Lee, Eddie Albert, John Carradine, Robert Forster, Alex Cord, Mark Harmon, and Frank Gorshin. The following year, he played Captain Randolph in the Blue and the Gray miniseries, and in 1983, he landed the role of Prince Dirk Blackpool in the short-lived Wizards and Warriors. He was cast in another TV miniseries in 1984 with The Last Days of Pompeii, and in 1985 appeared in the TV biopic My Wicked Wicked Ways, The Legend of Errol Flynn as Errol Flynn. 
Duncan was in four episodes of the V TV series, before being cast as Count Dracula in the 1987 classic The Monster Squad. In 1990, he secured the lead on the Family Channel Zorro TV series as Don Diego de la Vega, and of course his alter ego, Zorro. Duncan would appear in 1994's Star Trek The Next Generation episode entitled Sub Rosa as Ronan, a ghost that seduces Dr. Beverly Crusher. He also appeared in three episodes of the Deep Space Nine series as Shakar. Duncan played in 23 episodes of the TV series Fast Track and made an appearance in the Murder, She Wrote TV movie entitled A Story to Die For, as well as Air Bud 3, Body and Soul, Presumed Dead, and Nightmare at the End of the Hall. This has been Vic Sage with... Why should I know this person? Signing off until next time. Thanks, Vic. In addition to its regular cast, there are two people who make appearances, among others, but two I want to point out, who make guest appearances. John Ratzenberger was in an episode of Wizards and Warriors. John Ratzenberger, you might know as Cliff Clavin from Cheers. And Stephen Williams makes an appearance, and he was Captain Adam Fuller on 21 Jump Street. The series, as I said, was a mid-season replacement for Bring Him Back Alive and would air on Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, that is, when I was watching it. And the reviews for it were actually pretty good. If you try to look back, critics didn't hate it. They said it was quite witty and clever, but unfortunately, people didn't like it. Always those people. And... The show was canceled, but it did have a nice legacy. It would win an Emmy Award for Outstanding Costumes for Theodora Van Runkel, and the hairstylist of the show would get nominated for an award. The music in Wizards and Warriors is solid, and it makes sense because two very talented music people are behind it, Lee Holdridge and Alf Clausen. Holdridge is a prolific composer and arranger, made music for shows like Beauty and the Beast, Moonlighting, Eight is Enough, and for the film, Mr. Mom, amongst other things. Alf Clausen, you might know that name because you've seen it at the end of The Simpsons. And although Danny Elfman would pen the theme song for The Simpsons, the music you hear during the show was provided by Clausen. Just fun fact, he also composed music for the TV show Alf. So Alf made music for Alf, which is kind of fun. I'm sure he never gets tired of that joke. He would also make music for Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Weird Science, and many other things. Now, if you want to watch Wizards and Warriors, it's not going to be super easy. It does appear on YouTube from time to time. People upload episodes, then they get taken down, and then people upload them. You know the drill. You can also find copies of the show on the gray market. If you're a fan of fantasy and like a little comedy in your fantasy, the show is worth checking out. It had a talented cast, very talented writers, and I watch it now, and I still have a hard time believing that it got made in the early 80s, because it's kind of out there. But I guess I shouldn't be surprised. The 80s was filled with great shows that were kind of out there. You heard me mention Alf. Who would have thought that would have gotten made? I guess every decade there are times when people are willing to take chances with entertainment. And in the 80s, on television, it happened a couple of times a season. You get shows like Alf. You get shows like Wizards and Warriors. You get shows like Knight Rider. Some of them become the most memorable, even though their run was very short. For me, Wizards and Warriors was extremely memorable. My friends and I would reference it all the time. Sometimes we just leave it on in the background while doing other things. So if you have the opportunity and are looking for a fun show to try out, why not do a quick search online? Maybe you can find the first episode. Maybe you can find all the episodes. Just make sure you've watched them quickly and enjoy. 
Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, you can drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at facebook.com slash retroist and twitter.com slash retroist. The music you hear on the show is by Peachy. If you have musical needs, you can email Peachy at peachy at retroist.com. Thanks to Vic Sage for another great Why Should I Know This Person. If you have feedback for Vic, you can email him at vicsage at retroist.com. You should also make sure to check out Vic Sage's other podcast, Saturday Frights, which is at the Retroist. You can find it in the right-hand column, or just go to the Retroist and search Saturday Frights. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. So the comical adventures I did with my fellow players just didn't work out as well. Um, what was I saying? Something. This has been a retrospective production. Goodbye.